WCS Radio 90.1 with your host, Brian Dossler. It's time for On the Hour at the Clock Tower on WECS Radio 90.1 with Damon Gray. Damon, how are you? I'm warm. I'm enjoying this. Yeah, it's been freezing cold this <laughs> past weekend. It's been literally below zero. I don't know how much outside you've been. Uh, I will say this. So ESPN has tunnels, bridges actually, that go from one building to another, right? So you don't actually have to go outside. But all the bridges have windows, and some of them are heated, and some of them aren't. The one in our wing aren't. So it feels like it's snowing in there. It went, the type, the weather How many times outside, did you have to go back and forth between that? I have to go back and forth a lot more than you think. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, feed room, because you're in feed room, what you do is you take old tapes and you put it, make it digital. So I leave screening, I go to the tape library, so I have to go through the tunnel once. Then I get the tape, and then I have to go all the way back into ingest, which is back on the other side of the bridge. Yep. So I have to cross it a few times. So, I mean, I don't have to actually walk outside until I do prompting, and then I have to walk with papers in my hands outside when it's like 10 o'clock at night, which is lovely, across the parking lot. It was freezing, and I've never experienced anything like it. It was, at times, actually below zero, and then the wind chill said it was, I believe, the lowest was about negative 20 or negative 30, somewhere around there. I had never got a 27 at Okay, 27. You know, it and it this, like, th- this past weekend really solidified that I cannot live, I would, I'd rather be, I'd rather be out in the humidity than in that cold. I'd rather be 110 degrees than than negative 30. Really? Oh, yeah. Because I'd rather it be cold because I can at least bundle up for it. You can't undress yourself more than you do. No, but I think men- mentally I'm more prepared for the humidity than I am for the cold. I'd rather be in the cold because I can at least just put layers upon layers. Pat's reason, but still, like I don't think you can even be warm and cozy if you're outside at that point. When the wind gets in your face, it's over. You're, you're done. Still. Nah, if you wear a scarf, you're fine. I don't know. To me, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't fit. All right, on today's show, it's going to be Eastern Connecticut sports as the two basketball teams, they have a chance to go to Keene State tomorrow night and clinch the number one seed and host next week's conference tournament. It's Kobe Bryant's last All-Star game. We'll get into that along with the other All-Star game festivities including the dunk contest, also NBA trade rumors. Damon Gray's Embrace Your Hate with a little twist today. And can you believe it? Pitchers and Catchers is just two days away. Also on today's show, last night I did something that I have never done before. Never done before. So that will be as we go on on the show. So on the hour at the clock tower, feel free to call in 860-456-2164. Once again, 860-456-2164. Damon, let's start with Eastern Sports. And on Saturday, the Corsairs came to town. By the way, um, I still said Corsairs throughout the broadcast. You said Corsairs so many I don't times. Know wh- I texted you how yeah, many times? I know. No, you only texted me once, but like it was oh, it was in, it was in the back of my mind. Uh ears. I maybe <laughs> forever. I just always went back and forth between Corsairs and Corsairs. I don't know why. I don't know why either. But you're, what is well, a Corsair? You're 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 one hundred percent right because as soon as you texted me, I go, oh yeah, I have been saying Corsairs. The minute uh, you said it once, and I was like, okay, maybe that was just a goof. No, yeah, again. I was like, okay, I need to fix it. Yeah, you need to text me, so I appreciate that. Um, but Dartmouth, women's side, they were down as many as fourteen points in the fourth quarter 
Six. They were down six with two minutes to go. And the Corsairs, Corsairs, excuse me, I'm going to keep doing it here. They find a way to send it to overtime, and they win in overtime. But it's let's give a lot of credit to this Dartmouth team from coming back, but also the Warriors. They let this one fall. On senior day. On senior On day. On senior day. So that's probably one of the worst ways you can kind of end your home season, although they do have a chance to host. They do. They do. But I will always say this. Do you remember last year? This game, from what it sounds like, sounds like an awful lot about that Rick game last year, doesn't yep. it? Yep. Up by a lot. Dominated the first half. Dominated pretty much. They dominated half the first of three the quarters. Second half. Yeah. Oh, so the first, first three, three quarters, quarters. Because now we play. They quarters. were at fifty-two thirty-eight with yeah. about nine minutes to go in the fourth and then quarter. Just fell apart. Yeah. I feel like the team needed it, in all honesty, and I feel like it can improve them. Now it. Does I don't think needs the right word. Need, maybe not the right word, no. But could use it, could help for the future, definitely. I don't know. It's a little late for it to happen. The The Rick game last year, that happened earlier in the season. So could have kind of been like a wake-up call at that point. I don't know if this late in the season, a collapse like that would be a wake-up call. Because it's pretty late. You should know that's who a game you are that the, That's point. a game that they needed to have, especially when they were up. When they were up by double digits in the fourth quarter yeah. because uh, ne- if they had won that game, if they were able to close that one out, now they have a little wiggle room with the last couple of games. Now it's not an absolute must-win against Keene State like now it is um, because the reason why Eastern can clinch tomorrow, is, the women's side, the reason why they can clinch tomorrow is because they would have the 2-0 season series on Keene State and Western Connect, who's in third place right now. So they would have the tiebreaker over those two teams. If Keene State beats Eastern tomorrow, then it's 1-1. So now, um, you know, obviously if Keene State were to win tomorrow and Saturday, they would wrap it up. But then it would go to the third-place team if they're tied at the end of the regular season. So it's a whole bunch of scenarios. It can get a little crazy. It can get very crazy. I, it makes sense in my head. I probably didn't explain it all that well. But, I mean, based on tiebreakers and situations. Um, it's Eastern's up to the top three teams pretty much. Yes. Um, and Eastern at least has the upper hand in that respect yeah and they yeah they they still control their own, their own destiny as as heartbreaking as that loss was as as uh tough on senior days we mentioned with the with the ceremonies after the game it was it was a tough one as well hopefully for the seniors Jill Rotrowski, Daniel Rodriguez, Victoria Full, uh Megan Carterelli. Megan Carterelli, hopefully and Aaron Brooks hopefully they can get at least one more game on that court uh to the men's side they were trailing at halftime, thirty-eight to thirty, or excuse me, thirty-six to thirty, and they come out on top with an eighty-eight seventy-one victory. Headliner in this game, Hugh Lindo, career high thirty points for the junior. Didn't he have sixteen rebounds? Sixteen rebounds, Jeez. thirty and sixteen, with a nice lob thrown in there for extra measure. Yeah, he was doing whatever he wanted. That was in the first half. That's the first time I've seen Aliyup. An alley connection this year, at least at home. I'm not sure this year. Yes, I don't even know if they've done it on the road. I mean, I've I haven't watched all the games. I've watched the majority of them. It's been a while since I've seen the team have an alley because I didn't see the one last year. It was so the year before that was with Robitaille. Yeah, and there I wasn't for yeah. that. But um, so congrats to the men's team on the victory. Now they certainly control their own destiny as well. They're up two games. Uh, with two with two games to go, so all they have to do is is they, if they beat Keene State and or um, 
or say and UMass Boston on Saturday, then they clinch that one seed and host the conference tournament, which will be for the third consecutive year. Pretty, pretty nice. amazing. Pretty, pretty amazing. lucky. Pretty lucky. Um, so, again, both the men's and women's teams can clinch at Keene State. On the Corsair side of things from the men's side, Jordan Resendez, Damon, came into this game averaging 30 points per game, the, lead, the, the leading score in the nation. Eastern Heldens at 29, so below his average. <laughs> By one. Hey, Hugh outscored him. And I was saying this on the broadcast as, as the game was going on. There was like five minutes left tonight. And I go to Cooper, Dean Broge, who was on the call with me, and I go, and I wonder how many times that Resendez hasn't been the high score of a game. I, I can't imagine it's that often. I mean, he scored 58 points against Plymouth State. He's got nine 30-plus games this season. It's gaudy numbers. I mean, the guy... So that's, I that's crazy. <laughs> his lowest his lowest scoring output this season was 18 against Eastern, not Eastern Connecticut, but Eastern. Don't know where that Eastern college something. is. Eastern, no, Eastern University, I think it is. Could you imagine Eastern versus Eastern? That'd be. I wonder. I wonder what their school colors are like. If oh, it's if it's blue, red, white, and blue, help us all. What's their logo? <laughs> Shields. <laughs> imagine. Um. But it was certainly uh, – I was excited to watch Resendi's play. That's the third time he's come here to Willimantic. He played in last year's conference tournament against Rhode Island College, um, and they, they suffocated him last year, let me tell you. But, uh, yeah, Hugh Lindo outscored the, score, the leading score in the nation, which is pretty cool to say. And Lindo, with his efforts, he got named Player of the Week for the third yeah. time. Yeah, it's been great. Did you see the ECSU basketball Instagram account? I do not have an Instagram, so no, I did not. Did you see anything that could have been posted on that? No. Oh, I'll show you during the is break. It, is it something that Liam did? Yes. Well, I've, I've, and I've seen, uh, I know Liam, but Liam Murphy does a graphics guy, does a great, great job. He's got uh, emojis of people. You have the Valentine's Day stuff. The Valentine's wow. Day stuff. It's been fantastic. Valentine's Day cards. If you were single and lonely yesterday, ladies, check out Liam Murphy's. Twitter and Instagram account because there's some pretty funny uh, some pictures. No, actually, it's the ECSU basketball one. Oh, ECSU basketball one? Well, yeah. Liam made it. Liam made it. But it's also on his Twitter account. But He's been killing it. You know, Absolutely he, killing have you, it. Have you seen the the uh, the emojis oh my of a starting God, lineup? Yes. He yes. does that right before the game, too. He, and he, and he, he sent me a picture of those immediately when he started making them. And he just said, does this look like you? And it was dead on. Yeah. Dead on, down to the hair. And, if folks, if you know what we're talking about, but we're, these emojis, he puts them out of the starting lineup. He goes down to the T. He goes down to the shoes, the color of their shoes. He knows exactly which kind. I think it was there was it was something he was telling me, like he didn't have like a certain kind of shoe loaded into into his uh, into his Photoshop file or whatever, so he couldn't do it. But um, someone for, on, on Saturday's game was wearing pink shoes and – and then the emoji, they're wearing a pink shoe as well. I mean, just just fantastic work by Liam Murphy. The by the shoes. way, he tweeted at uh, Pat Coleman from D3 Hoops, Damon. Yeah. And basically Pat Coleman responded and said, Eastern, the men's, they have to win the conference tournament to get an NCAA bid. So at this point, wow. yeah, which does not surprise me. It doesn't surprise me anymore. They, haven't, they, they haven't had a, a good of a year in, in the past. If they beat Amherst, it would have been fun. Yeah, because Trinity they beat. That's their best win of the season. They're 25th in the country right now, so that's a win over a top 25 team. However, you know, some other losses, uh, Roger Williams being one of them, just wasn't wasn't very good to start off the season. Um, all right, so that's going to do it for Eastern Sports. We move on to 
the NBA All-Star Game. Damon has one more thing to say. Uh, congratulations to our men's club hockey team, by the way. They're going to be going to regionals. Good for them. They Even our club teams are killing it. They won Rugby, it last night hockey? in triple overtime. That's intense. Triple overtime at the Bolton Ice Palace. If I knew they were playing, I would have gone. John Bucigross retweeted it. Really? Yeah, big news. So, let's just talk NBA now. Oh, that's our, our God, Eastern sports is so good. Even our club teams are better than everybody else. God. Uh, anyways, let's, uh, yeah, let's head to the NBA All-Star game. It was the last one for Kobe Bryant, an 18-time All-Star. His final game, just 10 points. Everyone wished that he got the MVP of the game. It would have been his fifth. It would have been the most of all time, but wasn't meant to be. I mean, he clearly was outshined by others. We'll get to those players in a moment. But just let this sink just let this sink in. Kobe Bryant, as I mentioned, has 18 All-Star Game appearances. 18. I'm 20 years old. Damon is 21 years old. That is pretty much our, our entire life. He went to the 98 game, missed the 99 game, and then from 2000 to 2015, he's been to every, or 2016 now, he's been to every single All-Star Game since. Michael Jordan has 14 NBA All-Star Game appearances. So he's got four more on arguably the best player in the game. Quite quite an accomplishment. Uh, Kobe at the break averaging 16 points, 34% from the field, 28% from three. He's got three 30-plus point games. And obviously whenever Kobe Bryant is on TV, especially for us East Coasters, whenever he's on national television, it, it's must-watch because you are – seen one of the greats of all time retiring from the game. I mean, this is, you know, this is like Derek Jeter retiring. This is like Mariano Rivera retiring. This is like Dave Ortiz retiring. You have to see these guys play the last few minutes because you want to see a last, a last moment of greatness. And, you know, games where he goes off for 30-plus points and he's vintage Kobe, those are the moments you want to see. Whether you hate or, or love Kobe Bryant, and there's certainly a lot of people that are on, are on both sides of that fence, Appreciate what he's done for the game. Appreciate the hard work and the dedication he's put on and off the court. I mean, the guy's got five NBA titles. It didn't happen by accident. You know, it didn't happen by by chance. The guy worked his butt off for it. So, not sure, uh, Dame, if you're going to be a favorite, who's uh, the last regular season game for the Lakers? I'm just, if it's a home game? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or and if whatever is their last home game, because when that last home game happens, it's it's going to be emotional. It is. Uh, Kobe Bryant, one of the greatest. Uh, Dan will get back to me in a second with that. The All Star Game in general, the Western Conference, one ninety six, one seventy three winners over the Eastern Conference, the most points in an NBA All Star Game in the history of it, three hundred sixty nine combined points. Should there be more defense? Some people say yes, I say no. Uh, to me, this was the... Go ahead, Damon. April 13th on ESPN, 10-30 yep. game yep. against the Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz. That's And that's their last game? Last home game and the last game. Okay, yeah, I, I figured they would do that for Kobe. Yeah, so so that does make sense. So April 13th, is that a... F- what day of the week is that, does it say? Wednesday. Wednesday, okay. Uh, so that'll be a, a sad, emotional, but... Also a happy time for for the NBA when we see Kobe retire. Back to the All-Star game. 
Uh, should there be more defense? Look, this was actually one of the, the, the first times where I pretty much watched it from, from start to the end of it just because it was nothing else was on in the room. You know, roommates and I were just kind of watching, hanging out. And, you know, it really wasn't all that bad. It's by, it's definitely better than the Pro Bowl. There, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. I mean, to me, you can't pass up the, all, the MLB All-Star game, but it's much, much better than the Pro Bowl. And sure, there there always could be a little more defense. I mean, three hundred sixty nine combined points. You know, you you could have more defense, but I don't think it's about that. You know, who like it's kind of cool every once in a while to see a faster paced game and to see bombs thrown down the down the court and to and and to see alley oops all over the floor. And to see Steph Curry dunk. Yeah, you got to see Steph Curry dunk <laughs> twice. The last time you got to see Steph twice, Curry he dunk. never does that in games. He doesn't do that. No, it's. It's just not him. No. Russell Westbrook, first player in All-Star Game history to get back-to-back MVPs. That's surprising to me. 31 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, and 5 steals. I mean, I guess, I mean, there's Hall of Famers in every single All-Star Game every single year. I mean, if you go back by it. So I guess it is tough competition within. Uh, Paul George, he tied the All-Star Game record with 41 points. Previously held by Will Chamberlain and Russell Westbrook from last season. And... I wasn't a fan of this move. The one time that there was defense in this game was when the Western Conference knew that Paul George needed one more bucket, just one more bucket to break the all-time record, and they double-teamed him in the last minute 30, so he couldn't get it. Um, Just real quick, running through all the competitions, the skills competition, how about a big man, Carl Anthony Towns, beating Isaiah Thomas? Carl Anthony Towns at 7'244", Isaiah Thomas at 5'9", 185 pounds. Carl Anthony Towns has 15 inches and 59 pounds on the small guard from the Boston Celtics. We are, and this is, I think, what to take out of this is we're seeing a change in the NBA. You look at the traditional bigs, what is a traditional big anymore? Shaquille O'Neal cannot compete in a skills competition. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar cannot compete in a skills competition. You know, I mean, Bill Russell, they they could never compete against guards in a skill competition. There'd be no way. This is just, I think, another sign of of how the big man is revolving and how that even though you're seven feet tall, you have to be able to have a jump shot. You have to be able to maybe stretch defense and knock down a three-pointer. Towns is, is, a, is a pretty good uh, guy from three. He's an excellent free throw shooter. I mean, you you look at him. You look at Chris Porzingis, uh, Dirk Nowitzki. He's a little bit older, but there's there's no more true bigs in the game anymore. The, there are, but it's it's not as common. You know, there's there's no there's not as many bullies down low. I mean, yeah, Dwight Howard, but he's he's subsiding. I don't really I don't even count Blake Griffin as a true big because he's so athletic. I mean, Brooke Lopez, okay, but. You know, now you got guys come Anthony Davis. I mean, he was a point guard in high school. He can he, he has the dribbles. He 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 competed in this in this uh skills competition. I mean, you got guys that can actually handle the ball that are seven feet. And it's unbelievable. Three point competition. Isn't it scary to to actually see that the Warriors do have the two best three point shooters in the game? Arguably, Steph Curry, I, th- I think, is undoubtedly the best in the game right now. Clay Thompson in conversation, but man, I mean, they were going at it. You know, the two teammates going back and forth. And finally, dunk contest. 
Zach Levine, he got his 15 seconds of fame. He won the dunk contest again. Aaron Gordon, he got his first 15 seconds of fame. You know, I didn't. Now I didn't watch the dunk contest, and people are saying it was it was the greatest in this in this decade and everything. Um, but it sounds like Damon that Aaron Gordon had the best dunk of the night, but didn't win. Yeah, no, he <laughs> the Ma- Puff the Magic Dragon, the Orlando Magic mascot was he had two of the best dunks, but I think the best one that everybody is saying right now, he had the ball over his head. Puff is like, what, maybe like 6'2"? Yeah. It's a big dragon. It's unbelievable. Head over his head, comes flying in, basically sits on top of him, picks the ball up and dunks it. He was sitting in the air over Puff the Magic Dragon. Yeah. And he made it. Yeah. And that didn't work. Now, all the other dunk first try. Pretty much everything was ridiculous of that night. I'm not, you know, a big basketball guy. It was a yep. fun night. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that do the Timberwolves do have is they do have a solid young core. I mean, they're just 17-32 right now in the Western Conference. But they got Wiggins. They got Levine. They got Carlton Towns. Maybe Ricky Rubio will be on on the uh, on the go with the trade rumors swirling. NBA trade, trade deadline. 3 p.m. on Thursday. So we'll see a lot of moves. There's a lot of rumors. Will Dwight Howard be traded? Blake Griffin. Now that the Clippers are seeing that they can actually win without Griffin. Will Hassan Whiteside be on the move? Will the Celtics make a move for a superstar? All those questions will be, will be answered within the next couple days. So it's an exciting time. And hour two of On the Hour with the Clock will actually be on Thursday from 1 to 2. So Hopefully, we'll be getting some breaking news stories in as, as the show goes on. Maybe, maybe not. We will see. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Damon Gray's time for Embrace It or Hate It. You're listening to On the Hour at the Clock Tower on WECS Radio 90.1. Welcome back to WECS Radio 90.1. It is time for Embrace or Hate It with Damon Gray. Feel free to call in to the show, 860-456-2164. Once again, 860-456-2164. And later on the show, I will tell you I did something last night that I have never done before. And you folks will be the first ones to hear what I did. Not even my roommates know what's going on. Damon doesn't even know what's going on. I'm telling you. Did something last night that nobody knows about. Damon, time for Bracer or Hate It. That was weird. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was weird? That tease. Oh, It's hey. a weird tease. Hey, it's, hopefully it's enticing. Hopefully the listener will keep <laughs> listening and, you know, maybe call in. All right, Brian, I only have one embrace it or hate it. And I want you to react to this statement before we get on to the twists a little later. Okay. Kobe leaving the Lakers this year is the best thing to happen to the Lakers in three years. Yes, without a doubt. There's there's some, but you would embrace some that. Lakers fans just see Doom and doom hold, and doom in the future. They're holding. Then they're holding on to the past. If you're, you're 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 not an intelligent person if you actually believe that Kobe Bryant leaving the Lakers is is a is a bad thing for your team. What does he do? He brings a lot of media attention to the team. He takes a lot of shots. He misses a lot of shots. And overall, he doesn't really pass through teammates, which are things he. Always has done is in career his career, which has made him successful. But he's not scoring at a higher rate. Yeah, I mentioned he he's averaging sixteen points a game, but I mean he's taking twenty five shots a game. He's just chucking. He doesn't care. Look, I mean they got a nice young core. They got D'Angelo Russell. They got Jordan Clarkson. 
Lou Williams comes over last year. Julius Randle, they have good pieces. It's time for the next wave, or the Lakers are hoping, it's time for the next wave of uh, legends for the Lakers. I also have one more and react to this. The Warriors' story, this entire story of them trying to beat the Bulls' record is better than everybody hating LeBron. The stories of two rivals going at it. Would you rather see rivals going at it or rather see maybe history in the making with the Warriors and how they're playing right now? As a fan, I would rather see the Warriors do what they're doing. From a TV perspective, from a ratings perspective, I'd rather have LeBron be the most hated athlete. Because when there's conflict in sports, when there's someone that is there to hate, that's when people will watch. Whether you, whether you like it or not, or whether you agree or disagree with me, you will watch LeBron James to see if he's going to lose. You will watch Tom Brady to see if he's going to lose. It, it, it's going to happen because you, you want to it's, – it's almost to the point where you hate the athletes so much, you want that team to lose so badly just as, just as much as you want your team to win. At what point will we start hating the Warriors? When they win in one more NBA title or when they get one more player? If they get Kevin Durant, there could be a lot of haters. There's a lot of circulation that he could be going there. There could be a lot of hatred because, you know, a super team, just just like the, the Heat did a couple of years ago, be the same thing, but probably a better team than the Heat. But they don't have LeBron. But if they get Kevin Durant, I can see that. I feel yes. like if they get somebody like Kevin Durant, then the tides will turn instead of everybody loving them. If Golden State wins the NBA title and then they get the second best player in the game or third best player in the game, like they, they add yeah. a, another mega superstar. That would be it. Yeah. I okay. mean, I know from a couple of people I've talked to, they said they won't, won't even really watch the NBA, which I think when the time comes, like you will. And, and like, yeah, you know, I'll watch the Celtics. I'll watch the Knicks. You know, I'll also watch my team. But, you know, you got a team in Oakland that's going to seemingly take take the league by storm. Yeah. But the thing is, if Kevin Durant does go to Golden State, you could see a whole transformation of of the league. That one Donimo effect because guess what? LeBron's gonna be like, hey, I need another superstar. Mm-hmm. You know, I need I need more than Kevin Love. You know, maybe I'm trying to think, maybe I need a John Wall or maybe I need a Ooh. somebody or a, a Chris Paul or Blake Griffin. Do you think there's too many teams in the league? I don't think there's too many teams. I mean and and when people and it's I don't think it'd be a necessarily a bad thing if there's two super teams that always play against each other. Go back to the eighties, Celtics versus Lakers. That's when people say the best basketball is. But there was less teams then. Expansion true, true. was different. But go back to the original six in hockey. There was six. Well, yeah. I mean, there, but there was there was nothing else. I mean, there's no other teams. There were. I'm saying there's no other, in other leagues. Yeah, but it wasn't it was wasn't, different. It wasn't the NHL. Yeah, it's different. To me, it would still be and it would it would still be enticing. It would still be competitive. It would still be worth watching if the Cavaliers and the Warriors played in the next 10 NBA Finals. Okay. Now here's the twist. Record this, spread this around, and I'm going to see a smile on your face when I say this. But I am genuinely excited for baseball season. Really? I am. Why? I don't know if it's the Red Sox. I don't know if it's the weather. I don't know the weather. if it's... <laughs> what's what's it's called baseball cold, weather? man. It's been cold. It's been cold. I hope they I've been hoping for spring. Right now. But I am genuinely excited for baseball season. And here's my thought on a little extra why. Because at this point of year, this is when I'm pretty much 
full on into hockey season. We're starting to get to the tail end, tread that trade deadline coming up in the league. But this year has been weird. There really hasn't been a big story this year. Kind of a underdog story. There is, but it's different. Last couple of years, we've had the Dallas Stars kind of came out of nowhere, but people saw them coming, but they play exciting hockey. They play fast, counter, power play, possession type of hockey. It's fun to watch. Year before that, Columbus Blue Jackets. They played fun. They played fast, high scoring. This year, it's the Florida Panthers. I mean, yeah, you have Yarmir Yager, but other than that, they really don't play the same style of hockey that really is entertaining for kind of the casual fan or just those who like to see fast-paced. They play a little grittier, closer games, 2-1 finals. That's not grabbing my attention this year. It really isn't. It's not just getting me amped for the season. And, of course, when you add to the fact that the Bruins are just on the line of adequacy, it's just weird this year. So Aren't the Bruins doing all right? No. They're just – but they're – that's the thing. They're doing okay. But okay in this league doesn't get you anywhere. It's like saying, yeah, I'm in the eighth seed in the NBA for the playoffs. Where does that get you? It doesn't get you a draft pick. Heck no, you're not making it to the conference final or maybe in the Stanley Cup unless if you make a miraculous run. So it's just been a weird, almost dull year for the NHL when the biggest story came out of the All-Star game. That's really it. The biggest story of the NHL this year came out of the All-Star game. So that's why I'm excited for baseball season. You have a, a great story with the Red Sox coming in with David Price and maybe kind of redeeming themselves 2013 look-alike, maybe. We don't know, but that's kind of the idea, going from last to first. Um, more importantly, I'm also excited for MLS season in case MLB season goes all downhill. What the? Now but you're just going against I said your in case now. MLB oh season goes downhill, God, I always have MLS. On. But I'm excited. For, I, but that's the thing. When was the last time you heard me say I'm excited for baseball season? I'll ask you the same question in July and see where you're at. Well, we'll see how the team is doing. Because then if if all this excitement just goes to waste, then it's gone. But this is the first time in a while I am excited for baseball season. I wasn't excited at the beginning of 2013, were you? I'm excited for every baseball season. I'm excited for... for... But were you... That was back when every, when they were terrible and nobody expected them to be good. Did 2012 you... was probably the hardest season for people in our generation because Bobby Valentine was just a headache. He was, he, it was, it was embarrassing to watch him every single day. It was embarrassing that he was the leader of the team. It was embarrassing that, uh, that he was the manager of the Boston Red Sox. So anything, anything felt new and fresh with John Farrell on the bench. Mm-hmm. So, to me, every year for all my teams, there's optimism going to every single season. There's more optimism for me this year than last year. I de- actually really didn't have much optimism. I last had a lot year. of optimism last year, and especially, I mean, they. Granted, it was the Phillies. They took two out of three from the Phillies, and opening day, Pedroia hit two home runs, and Hanley hit a home run. It's like, oh, my God. They, they're 162-game season. You can't go off gonna, the first they're series. They're going to 162. They're going to go 162-0 and, and win the whole and win the World Series. Clearly, it didn't happen. Um, I'm always excited, though. And you oh, know man. for UConn basketball, you don't, you don't get me started. jeez. <laughs> oh, they, they can spore uh, – terrible team out there and you'd still be excited there's yeah well i mean the conference isn't as good but uh thursday smu i psyched are you oh going? my god oh yeah 
Okay. I actually won't be here Thursday night because it's in Hartford and just commuting back and forth. It's much easier if I go up Friday morning. But besides the point, um, after they beat Tulsa on Saturday night, it's, it's 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 hard to swallow that Tulsa is a huge conference game. But Tulsa was a big game. Um, Sunday morning, I was I was ready to go. Like I'm I'm like I'm ready for SMU. Bring on the Mustangs. I mean, that's all they're really playing for SMU this year. I mean, they still this game. I mean, well, they they're at Cincinnati their next game. Um, by the way, if you're going to the game, wear blue. That's it's a blue out at the it's XL blue Center. Out? Why not a white out? I thought the same better. thing. UConn's wearing blue jerseys, I think, too. Oh. So they're wearing their away jerseys at home. I don't know, but Should be a white out. But all I know is my mood will directly depend on the outcome of that game. <laughs> it will directly like I will probably lose sleep if they lose. Like it's. Because they can be so good, Damon. They can be so good. They have the second best defense in in the nation in turn in field goal percentage. Are you blaming Nolly? Uh there's. I know there's a lot of look. I mean, swirling the, around that right now. It's it's not it's 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 not as you know we're not coasting as much as in his first couple of years where he had a pass in his first year because it was his first year and the team wasn't playing for anything. He went to the national championship his second year. But the thing is, in, in the last really, you know, decades, seven, eight, nine years, UConn regular seasons haven't been all that good. You know, when you think of national powers, you think North Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky, I mean, UConn's in that conversation, but in the regular season, they're they're winning 25-plus games. UConn doesn't. No, but UConn has also had a few wins within those seasons that stand out every well, time you look at it. You think of the Florida game a few years ago, obviously. Well, yeah, but, I mean, that was, but, I mean. They really haven't had that. They were year. a seventh seed that year. They were a seven and won the NCAA tournament. That I mean that that doesn't you know that's not a, if you're a seven seed you're not a consistent top twenty five team. When they won two thousand eleven they were a three seed. That's because they literally beat the entire Big East tournament in five days. I mean and at that point obviously Big East conference you know best conference in, in the league. But before that they were they were they came in ninth place in the regular season. You know so if they had lost the the first or second game. I mean, you're looking at it as, as an eight nine seed, but they win those couple games and jump up to three. So even that regular season, they weren't you know fantastic. I'm just saying that it seems like every time UConn has a great year and makes a run, they have one signature win. Well, every team needs signature wins. I feel like they haven't really had one this year. That Georgetown sticks. would be one. Texas on the road. I mean, SMU. This would be their. This. I mean, this, I'm saying this, it would right, be SMU. Yes, it would be SMU. And I think they have to win this one because I don't think they're going to beat SMU on the road. I, I, SMU is a different team at home. They beat teams by an average of over twenty points per game. I, I don't, I don't see them beating it on the road. So, all right. Um, any no more embracer hates? No. All right. That was it. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. When I come back, I will tell you what I did last night for the first time ever in my life. You're listening to WECS Radio ninety point one. Welcome back to WECS Radio 90.1 on the hour at the Clock Tower and with Brian Dostler. Feel free to call in 860-456-2164 if you're listening to the show off the Nico Empire. Obviously, don't call in because it's a podcast. I won't pick up. Um, so, appreciate you for the listen on Nico's Empire. He's putting up a lot of content recently. I know he'll probably have one on the Grammys that happened last night. Uh, he was... Not impressed with Deadpool. We saw Deadpool over the weekend. Who wasn't impressed with Deadpool? My friend Nico. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Is he just saying that just to cause a riot? Would not surprise me, but I think he firmly believes it. 
because did you, you did you see the movie? I saw it yesterday. Okay, it was I mean very crude, very funny. Yes, very crude but very funny. What he they made full use of the rated R that they. What were he couldn't get over was the ending, and I I tend to agree. the The ending was fairly weak. Did you? I don't know. It was fairly weak. But that's but that's what Deadpool is. I gave it a seven and a half out of ten. What? Yes. Did you stick around for the post credits? Yes. We like did. all the way yes. until the end. Spencer made us. That was hysterical. It was. He was making fun of credits of uh, of teasing the next. Yeah, yeah. It was good. Cable's gonna be in it. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I thought it, I thought it, the 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 fight wasn't as. I don't know. I thought it was great. I thought it was absolutely hysterical. I think they could have built up the uh, the villain more as well. They didn't need to. It wasn't about the villain. It's a revenge story, and it's a and it's an origin story. It's not about the villain, but it is. No, it's it's more about his origins. But he's he wants to get this guy back because he messed up his face. Yeah, I mean, so you messed up his face. What else do you need to know more about him? But I th- I think a, if the, if you knew there was, I mean, obviously you knew there was hatred. I don't know, but I did like how in the beginning they were going back and forth between his the past and the in the present and. This and, is full spoilers, by the way, for oh, anybody yeah, who's yeah, who hasn't seen it. Hasn't but, seen but he's it. in the he's in the dumpster, and Ryan Reynolds is like, "And now you're all caught up." <laughs> now you're all caught up. All right. Um, what I did something last night that I've never done before, never ever in my life have I ever done before. And last week I talked about this TV show that I started watching on Netflix. And if you were listening last week, you already know the answer. It's the prequel to Breaking Bad's Better Call Saul. And last week. Up to date you. Last week, I was just starting Better Call Saul on Netflix, and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to watch uh, the, the premiere of Season 2, Episode 1, last night. Uh, but I got it done. I was able to finish all 10 episodes throughout the week. Had the help of practically no school <laughs> in, in, in this in this past week. So I was able to watch all 10 episodes. And, Damon, for the very first time ever, I watched a an episode of a TV show, of a hit TV sh- TV series show, live on television. First time ever. How old are you? 20. I'll be 21 in two weeks. Two weeks from today. Oh, my and you never saw today. a show come out when you were a kid on Nickelodeon or Cartoon okay. Network? Well, there I'm not. Okay. I'm not sure if a new Blues Clues was aired for the first time. I'm not counting that. But you that, never, but I'm, like, I'm on talking... Friday night when they'd say all new episodes of Rugrats, you never... I hate the Rugrats. Oh, my I goodness. can't stand the Rugrats. Oh, my goodness. Weren't you watching the Rugrats last night? Oh, yeah, Rugrats movie. Yeah. Oh, I can't... I could never stand that. What? It's baby adventures. I'm an Arthur guy. I was a Clifford guy. Thomas, the tank Wait, What engine. about that middle age when you were, like, eight? What'd you watch? Sports Center, when you were eight, you don't watch cartoons when you were eight. I watched Sports Center when I was eight, but some cartoons with Arthur's. Arthur's. A... Oh come on, when you were eight, bro, dude, that's like the eight. age of Arthur. No, he's in like third grade. Four. No, it's not. It no, is definitely not. What's for me? Well, okay. Um, yeah. So for the first time, I watched a live TV show. It was weird because it was. Commercials. It's like, what? What are we doing here? <laughs> like, I got, I got, I can change to a different station now. <sighs> I won't spoil anything because I'm sure there's a lot. I'm sure there's a ton of people that watched the Grammys that did a Better Call Saul last night. So I'm not going to spoil anything. But I'll say this: it's a solid first episode. There are two turns at the both beginning and the end of the episode. 
Um, so that was good. So now let's head back to the NBA. Later on, we'll talk MLB pitchers and catchers report in two or three days, depending on the team. Uh, but let's go over some trade rumors in the NBA. Again, the trade deadline this Thursday at 3 p.m. So that's about 28 or excuse me, 48 hours away. Uh, Blake Griffin, one of the players being rumored. The Clippers apparently offered Griffin and Lance Stevenson to the Denver Nuggets for Kenneth Fareed, Denial Gallinari, Will Bart, and rookie center Nikola Jokic. Two players for four guys to swap. I mean, come on. Like, if I'm the Nuggets, I'm just laughing at this offer. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I know the Nuggets aren't aren't you know going to postseason anytime soon or this year, but that's the the the, the rock. Excuse me. The the Clippers wanted four of the top six scores from from the Nuggets. I mean, come on. Fareed's an All Star. Will Barton's had a it could be comeback player of the year this year, six man of the year. He's certainly in the running for that. But come on. Uh, Blake Griffin, he's going to be a free agent after next season, so following the 2017 season. Um, and why would you give up four of your better players when you're only receiving two? And I, I don't think you can't – I think Blake Griffin is a piece of the puzzle. Obviously, everyone's a piece of the puzzle, but I don't think you can make a team surrounding Blake Griffin because there's really no one that's like him. You know, he he's he's not big enough to be like a big man, like a seven-footer, and he's too big to be a small four. I mean, he is he's power four, but he's he's very athletic, um, and I just don't think he can he can be the centerpiece of of a team. Certainly, a, a valuable valuable piece like he is in in Los Angeles with the Clippers. But I don't think you can necessarily work around a guy like him, especially when you give a guy like Kenneth Freed, who they're they're very similar players. Uh, Dwight Howard rumors that he might go to the Mi- to Miami for Hassan Whiteside. Two players that. Uh, can run their mouths to players that are very similar in terms they can block shots. But the thing with Hassan Whiteside is he's kind of like five years younger version of Dwight Howard. So maybe you're getting more value if you're the Rockets that you're seeing. You dump his contract potentially depending on how the negotiations work. There's also rumors that the Rockets may send Dwight Howard to the Hawks for, I mean, Al Horford and Jeff Tegeman linked to trade deals for this entire really this entire year it seems like so who knows maybe there Kevin Love you know there's been circulations around him ever, ever since it seems like he's been to the Cleveland Cavaliers will he go to the Celtics will he go to Miami will he go to Memphis will he go to Los Angeles nobody knows about that either uh, Damon do you have any more maybe out there outlandish uh, well, I've seen trade, some outlandish ones trade rumors uh, the Dwight Howard to Miami one you already mentioned. Uh, Lakers move Russell for Jabari Parker, question mark. That's an option. Uh, Lakers, Roy Hibbert for Jeff Green. That's an option, apparently. See, that. See now, when Damon said that right before we came on, and my first reaction was that would be, that'd be really dumb. However, the Grizzlies have lost Marcus Saw for quite a bit due to an injury. I believe he's out four to six weeks, so... Getting a big man like Hibbert in return would be bad. Jeff Green is he's a solid three and a four, so that'd be a lot to go for him. Bulls are in talks with Demarcus Cousins. There you have to give up a lot. You would have to give up anyone that tries to acquire Demarcus Cousins. You have to give up a lot, a lot of pieces. Is there anyone linked in the deals? Like any players? No linked, but rumors. They're talking over the phone. Celtics are of course connected to Love. Yep. Apparently they're connected to Harden. 
also connected to Howard. And pretty much if somebody's available, the Celtics are connected to them in some way. With all but one person, which is Carmelo Anthony, and he said he will not under any circumstance waive his no-trade clause. Now, you said that you be that you say, oh, you know, players say that, but when the time comes, maybe. I say, yeah. I, I st- I'm still sticking with that. I would be surprised if Carmelo says that. I will take his word with it because two summers ago, he had the choice to go wherever he pleased, wherever he wanted, and he chose New York. I still, I don't buy it. If somebody says you can go to Golden State and have a lot of money with it and pretty much be guaranteed a championship at that point, would you take it? It's no guarantee. He loves New York. He went to Syracuse. He comes from New York. He loves New York, man. And sometimes people just love that home environment, that true home environment. I would be, if the right deal comes, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know what that would be for him, but if the right deal did come. He could have gone to Chicago. He could have teamed with LeBron. Like... I mean, when he was in the market, it was before Golden State. It was the year right before they became the Golden State Warriors that we now know. So he couldn't have hopped on that train at that, at that point. Like Kevin Durant has the opportunity next summer. But I, he still could have gone anywhere. He could have gone, again, with LeBron. He could have gone to Chicago with Paul Gasol and Derrick Rose and Jimmy Butler. You know, He could have gone to the Lakers. He, he could have gone to the Clippers. He well, I'm gone pretty sure he wants he a team to be revolved around him. That's how he is. It's mellow. Which is why he would say New York. If he goes to a team like Golden State, there's already pieces there. Obviously, they would have to give some guys up. They'd probably give up maybe Harrison Barnes, they, people like that, uh, maybe Sean Livingston. But, you know, Steph Curry would still be there, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. He's in New York. He's got to bring people to him. I agree with that, but I still th- – thoughts change. So You're I right. Wouldn't be, I wouldn't be You're surprised right. if he did leave. And at the same time, I probably wouldn't be surprised if he didn't leave. I still can't believe he's, he, he still chose New York. It really just must show how much he loves Madison Square Garden. He loves the Knicks. I hope he hangs on to that for as long as he can because there's always those rumors about MSG uh, going up in smoke. Have you heard about those? Oh, yeah. They're, they're every, every year. Every I mean, year. They just renovated the place, though. Oh, yeah. They don't care. They don't care. Have you been in the Garden? I have for a Rangers-Canucks game. I've always wanted to go. It's beautiful. Always wanted to go. So the new it's cool atmosphere. Have you gone to the newly renovated one or before? Yeah, just uh, the year it was renovated. Okay, so it's pretty cool. Um, any other rumors swirling the NBA right Nothing now? Nothing eye catching. Some Nothing. smaller names. Come on, say it. Say them. Oh, I don't have them anymore. Oh, okay. They they didn't pop my attention enough to save them. All right. Um, I just if Celtics are apparently Celtics are just waiting for the perfect move. Because that's what Danny Ainge does. Last week, I said the Celtics should not make a move for a superstar. Still don't think they should. However, there's always a but to it. If Danny Ainge can't get that perfect deal where he's stealing an all-star like he got Isaiah Thomas, he literally stole an all-star <laughs> from the Phoenix Suns. It's exactly what he did. He gave up practically nothing for an all-star. But when you get a bona fide superstar, I think it's 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 that next level. Like, if, if they, the, I would say with the Celtics... They have a chance at a top three, and they could win the Ben Simmons lottery. You take it. You take that that's, chance. That's the thing, because if they get, say, DeMarcus Cousins, they have to give up that, that pick. That the yeah, Brooklyn but pick. if, if you're getting DeMarcus to. Cousins out of it. I'd rather have Ben Simmons. Really? Oh, younger? Yeah. Because he's younger, and it would fit the mold of the team. I mean, Cousins, okay. he is younger. I mean, he's he's not old. No. But. Fit the happiness of the team, I would say. The yeah. team chemistry. Yeah. 
because everybody knows how Cousins is. Yeah. We're going to take one more break. Ten minutes left of the show. Feel free to call in 860-456-2164. When we come back, it is baseball, baseball, and more baseball. You're listening to On the Hour at the Clock Tower on WECS Radio 90.1. Welcome back to WECS Radio 90.1 with Brian Dossler and Damon Gray. Now, Damon, you, you only have class on Tuesdays, so you must feel like you're just never in class. Like, what's your world like? I mean, you show up here. I only I kind see of you classes every. Classes are a thing. I only, honestly, it's like, what do you think? Like Monday, you're, you're at ESPN. You go, God, I have class tomorrow. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, Mondays are my off days. Okay, so, or, so Mondays are my Saturdays and Sundays are my Fridays. So tomorrow morning, are you going to be here tonight? Are you in the room tonight? Yes. Okay, so Wednesday when you're at work and you get there, you're like, I was in, I was at a college, like I was, I was on a college radio show. It honestly, hours ago. it doesn't phase me anymore. I've traveled yeah. so much. To where it kind of weirded me out when I was a kid that would be in, like, California at 9 in the morning and then back in New England at, like, 5 in the afternoon. Yeah. That always weirded me out. Mm-hmm. Be like, Or if I was at Disney, I'd be like, dang, I was at Disney today. And now I'm home. Yeah. <laughs> there was, uh, what was it, Senior going to my senior year, I think, um, we were coming back from Yosemite for a trip. And it was literally 24 hours ago. I was in a like I was in the airport, like coming back from from Yosemite, and now I'm in class. Like now I'm in homeroom. Mm-hmm. It's weird, it, and it's also weird when you go to like big games. You know, like um, you know, like UConn, like Thursday night, be going to the UConn game, right? Mm-hmm. And then Thursday morning or Thursday or Friday afternoon, I'll be in class. I'm like, oh god, you know, like I I know See, what you big mean, games though. to me don't unless I travel far for them. So if I was in Boston or something. But, or, um, here's a good example: American Athletic Conference last year, the conference tournament. Yeah. When I went to three games in three days, when and UConn fell SMU, but that the Friday, Saturday, yeah, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. You pretty much live in the XL Center if, when you're there, yeah, right? Nick you, and I pretty much live there. <laughs> yeah, and and you worked it, and you know, then you go back to class, and it's just like, oh right. yeah. Class. I'm listening to a lecture, and <laughs> that is the weird part. 24, I will say, 24 going hours ago, I was the working at ESPN to going to class. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm in a lecture right now. Yeah. <laughs> I have to work Sports Center tomorrow morning. I'm in a lecture right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I'll, I'll say that. That's where it gets weird. Okay. All right. There we go. So again, seven minutes left of the show. Feel free to call in eight six zero four five six two one six four eight six zero four five six two one six four. Time to talk some baseball, and I could not be happier. It's it, Pitchers and catchers is two days away for some teams, including the Yankees, three days away for teams like the Boston Red Sox. Uh, we'll have a, all have a season preview when the time comes, uh, the show before the before opening day. Um, but a lot of moves in this offseason. We've already talked about the Red Sox. When they've added David Price. They've added Carson Smith. They've added a lot of guys. Uh, the New York Yankees, it looks like they get a little bit younger. Uh, they get Starlin Castro. They get Aaron Hicks. Um, they get Ardelius Chapman, who picked up his option. So he's on the Yankees for this season and next season as well. So, uh, you know, the the Yankees. You, that's I think that's that's why I think it, one of the best storylines coming into this season. It's not just the, the Red Sox and the Yankees, but their bullpens. I mean, how often do you see two teams in the same division that have such talented bullpens where the starters don't even need to go? You know, eight innings. You know, they can go six, and it's it's it could be locked down from there. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, 
They made a couple moves. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, and I've said this, and I'll be saying this all year, I don't think they, they can win the division or win a World Series without the number one starter. Uh, we saw what David Price did for this team, and they were just a 500 team before the trade. So I think they'll need a guy that will be able to uh, be a stopper. They'll, but they'll need guys like a Marcus Stroman and Mar- uh, a Marco Estrada to really step it up. But until they do where they where we can say, yes, he's a bona fide ace, yes, He's a stopper because part of the issue with teams, when you get on a, on a losing streak, you need a guy that can that can go in there either every every fifth day and stop a losing streak, right, and and get things going. Hitting's contagious. So is pitching. When when a pitcher throws eight strong, you know what does the guy the guy the next day want to do? He wants to to to, uh, to match him or do even better. You know it's 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 just like that. So I think each team needs a player like that. Uh, the New York Mets, he kind of thrown the World Series conversation, no? I mean, there there could have been a drop-off with no Yohan Cespedes, but he ends up staying on the market long enough where he comes back to the Mets. Um, so I think that's a steal that they got there out of uh, Cespedes, really. A player that seemingly, it, it just it, it feels like players like that don't go back to the New York Mets, but he does there, and uh, certainly a huge, huge pickup for from the Metropolitans, um, for the San Francisco Giants, you know they re-signed their superstar uh, shortstop Brandon Crawford. They add Jeff Samarja, Johnny Cueto, Denard Span. I mean, solid, solid picks up pick pickups for this Giants squad, and it's an even year. So who knows what's going to happen with this team uh, this season? But Damon, we got four minutes left of the show. And you said you're excited for the season. There's a lot of storylines coming into this year, a lot of them. I am. I'm excited for a young Sox team. I'm excited to see Xander again. I'm excited Did to see Did you see Mookie, uh, Mookie Betts? He, uh, poor guy. Put the lock on, kid. Put the lock on. Now, as someone that works with carts for a living. Oh, it's the number one thing. It's uh, the Mo- number one Mookie thing. Mookie Betts the other day, don't know where, don't know how, but he drove a golf cart with his clubs on the bag. Okay, he didn't drive it into the ponds. He oh he didn't put the brake on yeah it was on a hill he thought he you know was he double stepped on the no he thought he locked the brake he didn't he thought he pushed down you know kind of that double push nope so when he realized that he didn't have his clubs in his hand he turned around and he just sees it slide into the water and now he has to get some new clubs I think he can afford it I think so but uh oops hopefully that hopefully that's his one mistake for the year but yeah certainly the Red Sox they got Alexander Bogarts they got Mookie Betts uh this season um who else can we talk about you know Damon I was what I did over break was I kept track of pretty much every transaction from every single major league team so I have a 28 page masterpiece of moves of every single wow. team and I haven't touched it since we got to back to school and I'm so far behind I'm so far behind with it. See, I I mean, I've been pretty good with soccer transactions, especially in, you know, American yeah. transactions. China has been kicking butt this year in yeah. soccer transactions. They got a whole bunch of mid-20 kids to go over and play in China for at least $100 million each. Good for them. And it's kind of worrying me because they stole one of one of the good players in MLS. Yeah. And that's because MLS has a salary cap. China said, eh, we don't need a salary cap. 
So now I'm talking to a lot of a lot of my soccer buddies. Would you rather see a very competitive league in MLS where almost any team can win, or would you have one team, probably the LA Galaxy, that just buys world class players and just destroys everybody, but they're a world class team? I don't know. You don't know. I don't know because I feel like the league, or at least some teams in the league, get respect for having. Great players, great team. You don't think other teams could have eventually worked their way up and with with the payroll, and eventually get other. They're players? trying to get more and more teams in. More and more teams are coming into the league. We're above twenty now. It's about to be twenty four. Miami is about to get a new team. LA just got a second team, and St. Louis is being looked at in a new market. And Minnesota is getting a team. More and more teams are coming in. Atlanta's getting a team. Everybody's getting a team. You want a team. Hartford wants a team. More Hartford teams. almost got a team. Everybody wants a team. Everybody wants a team. That's going to do it for today's show on the Hour at the Clock Tower. Feel free to listen on Thursday from 1 to 2 with Hour 2 with Spencer Davis, Patrick Murtha, Jermaine Page, and myself, Brian Dossler. More to come on WCS. It's going to be the Pan American Express with John Murphy. Stay tuned for more great content here on WCS Radio 90.1.